0: Clearly, I'm not Kurt Henning. I got my shows mixed up. My name is Phil, and this is The Lip. Hello out there, I know somebody's listening. My name is Phil, this is The Lip, and as I previously explained, I am not Kurt Henning, thus I am not perfect. Turns out that I got my show orders incorrect. Only Kurt Henning wouldn't have done it. Once again, he was perfect. But, for that being said, I forgot that this particular episode needed to air today, and it works out that it's SummerSlam. SummerSlam wrestling. That sounds like a pretty good topic to come up with. One of my favorite subjects my entire life. Since I was a kid, I've always liked watching wrestling. I enjoy it to this day. Sure, I took a break from it for a while, and I probably picked the wrong time to take a break. I missed whole careers that I've had to go back and watch through the WWE Network on Peacock. And it's killing me because some of the guys that I missed were some of the guys that I was just getting high on just before I decided to stop watching it for some time. But what are you going to do? you got to work, right? You can't necessarily watch every Monday night, and it just so happens that this is the age before the time of that little thing that you could use to record shows and just rewind back and forth. You know, the whole TiVo thing. Or, should I say, TiVo thing. Couldn't do that back then when I was missing all these great shows that I'm coming back to watching now. Parts of careers that were just lost to me early on, but I was able to once again look back at, and I'm really glad that I was able to. Missed the best parts of Edge. Had to go and watch him over again. Missed some of the best parts of Brock Lesnar. Had to watch him over again. Missed the Pipe Bomb promo live. Had to go back and watch it. These are parts of wrestling that made wrestling what it was during that particular era, and I missed a lot of the great champions in that area. <sighs> but what are you gonna do? Convenience store needed to be open; somebody had to be there to run it. Just so happens that that particular set of years, that person was me. But that's okay. I've been able to make up for lost time, I've been able to catch up on that stuff that I had missed, as well as enjoy some of the things that have been out in the last five years or so. Heck, one of the things that I totally dropped the ball on during my slight hiatus from wrestling viewing was money in the bank. Even as we speak, I'm sitting in my office on my couch and right above me hangs My blue Money in a Bank briefcase. Yes, it hangs there. Where it needs to be. So that I can climb the rungs of success and reach it and cash that sucker in for an opportunity at the title. Or anything else I choose to cash it in for. Funny story about that Money in a Bank briefcase. I went to go pick this thing up when I went to go see Monday Night Raw during my 40th year celebration in 2018. Went to the one just after the Royal Rumble. Turns out that as I was in line at the concession stand about to pick it up, wouldn't you know that there was a gentleman right in front of me who had made a very interesting purchase and I was able to make an interesting comment about his interesting purchase. The guy in front of me told the guy at the concession stand i would like one wwe championship belt the guy looked pulled out his money started to pay the guy i was able to get the opportunity to knowing what i was about to buy and tell the guy in front of me hey buddy you better watch out just then it was my turn to go and purchase the item that i was about to say once i the words money in the bank briefcase came out of my mouth, the guy couldn't help himself but to laugh. That's one of the things that makes wrestling fun. It's so entertaining, as long as you can suspend your disbelief. And now, I'm about to go into it a little bit deeper. Ding ding ding, it's main event time. This particular episode gives those words a totally different meaning. I'm talking about pro wrestling. Yes, pro wrestling. One of my favorite subjects, one of my favorite hobbies and activities that I enjoyed for my entire life with the exception of a small segment. Unfortunately, I regret that segment that I miss. But what are you going to do? Life happens, you end up working, and you just don't get the opportunity to sit down and pay attention to it. Admittedly. I wasn't upset about it at first. I had so many other things going on in life, I mean, I was getting myself together, I was getting into management at the convenience store that I was working in, and I just really didn't have the time to really focus on it as much as I would have liked to or had focused on it in the past. Prior to this particular point, I would go over to my cousin's house and watch pretty much every pay-per-view as it went on. But because I had to work, I didn't have as many opportunities to make it down to my cousin's house on Sundays, and thus I didn't quite get the opportunity to watch all the matches that were out at the time. But since I've been able to catch up, and catch up on some of the stuff that's been going on lately, I feel like I'm right back in the loop, almost as if I hadn't missed a beat whatsoever. The first thing I can certainly say is, I remember back when I was a kid, and I just enjoyed it so much, because it just seemed like it was so real. Admittedly. They definitely have an element that you need to consider as you're watching it. You have to be able to suspend your disbelief once you get older. But as a kid, those larger-than-life athletes are doing things that just seem impossible. And you get right behind the guys who are just that make you seem like the odds are against them because some bad guy is beating them up. But it just makes you feel so much better as a child when you cheer and all of a sudden you see that good guy turn and look at the crowd and get energized and is able to overtake that bad guy. And again, like I said, as an adult, you suspend your disbelief. You know that the good guy and the bad guy are trying to put on a unique athletic entertainment scenario. And what you have to do is enjoy it for what it is two guys or two ladies who are highly trained athletes who are putting on an incredible show. Without a doubt it requires a great deal of timing and training in order to make it look as smooth as it does when it's done right. And when it is done right, it is an absolute thing of beauty. There are those people out there who say, well, These guys are completely staged and they have no ability whatsoever. To that, I say, no, you're completely wrong. A lot of these guys have athletic backgrounds in a variety of different sports. I mean, for example, real sports. Guys like the macho man Andy Savage was a baseball player drafted by the Cincinnati Reds at one time. Everybody may not necessarily know that Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and the Million Dollar Man played football, especially in this generation now. They probably weren't thinking of him anything other than professional wrestlers. Ron Simmons was just an absolute beast. Absolute beast of a defensive tackle. As well as that other guy, Lex Luger, the total package. He was a crazy Miami Hurricane who played a little bit of semi-pro ball as well. And... There is another guy who played a little bit of football that most people should recognize. That guy, he had a little bit of a career outside of wrestling, and during wrestling, some people would say he was an okay wrestler. I mean, and to think that this guy wasn't an athlete, knowing what I know about him, and I know about to tell you, will make you think a little bit twice. This particular guy, when he was playing college football happened to be starting over a professional football Hall of Famer, Warren Sapp, until he ended up blowing out his knee. And this guy is The Rock. Yeah, he actually started over uh, Warren Sapp before he blew out his knee. It's literally impossible for somebody to be able to look me in the face and tell me that somebody who could start over Warren Sapp at any level of his career playing football isn't an athlete. Then you look at some of the others who also had athletic backgrounds. Some of the ladies, like, um, I believe it was Nikki Bella, who was a really good soccer player at one time, Charlotte Flair, lots of athleticism in her background as well, These people were absolutely no-question athletes. And then you want to talk about guys who wrestled amateur style, which is realistically what wrestling was meant to be originally. These are some guys that you really don't want to mess with, and they are, without a doubt, tough guys in and out of the ring. I mean, people like Shelton Benjamin and Dolph Ziggler had incredible wrestling careers in college, um, just so happens that Shelton Benjamin was actually a teammate of Brock Lesnar when they were in college wrestling. Of course, anybody who's anybody knows about Kurt Angle, the Olympic gold medalist who won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. So there's no doubt about it. He's a definite athlete and tough guy that you don't want to mess with in reality. So other thing, AJ Styles, current wrestler, doing pretty big things, has been doing them for a while. He was a pretty good wrestler in high school as well. These guys have a tremendous skill set that transitions well to the ranks of professional wrestling, and it allows them to be able to make their stuff look more realistic than other people might be able to, because they have that background, they know that competition, they have that intensity, and that's why those guys that I mentioned are, in fact, some of the best who have ever done it. Two other guys who actually did sports that were more near and dear to my own personal heart, considering that throughout high school I was a three-year letterman in track, shot put and discus, particularly the events that I did and focused on, um, Jim, the anvil night part of the heart foundation and Hart family was a shot putter who threw 60 feet besides the fact that he also played football as well. And then another guy who some people know a little bit and eh, arguably he could be considered a decent wrestler, but I've listened to his podcast more than once and he brought up something that i didn't know about him what i found out i was even more enthralled by this gentleman it just so happens that he was a very decent discus thrower and of all the events between the shot put and discus the discus has always been my favorite in fact sitting here in my office is one on the uh, on a pile of bins that i got over there last one i actually threw when i was throwing this gentleman who was a discus thrower who I keep in very high regard, well, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Austin, the Rattlesnake, the Bionic Redneck, a whole bunch of things you could call this man, but the one thing you can also call him is a discus thrower. (laughs) These people, in their lives, did more than just pro wrestling, although they dedicated themselves to it At such a level that they actually achieved more than most people would even begin to imagine. And the entertainment value that they provide is over the top, to say the least. When I was growing up, the two big companies were WWF slash WWE and the NWA, which ended up turning into WCW. Totally different styles of wrestling, both of them entertaining, much like we have today. In a more modern sense, we have AEW, which is taking up that secondary spot, and yet again, WWE is still around, holding the point, being the top brand. Seems like wrestling is always best when you have that kind of competition, two different Types of wrestling, two different companies who have different agendas with athletes who are entertaining us in different ways so it's not to say that we all have to have chocolate we could also have strawberry if we'd like it's a good thing it's a great thing especially for the athletes themselves because it's like anybody if you have a monopoly In a particular business, there's really only one place to work. And if you can't get a job there, well, it looks like you're out of luck. AEW provides that right now to the professional wrestling ranks. WWE has its particular fans and a particular style. I would have to say I lean more towards them than AEW personally. But admittedly, I think that there are some people who are in AEW who were misused in WWE, could have been even bigger stars than they were when they went to AEW. I believe they're being utilized in a way that makes them feel more comfortable. Not necessarily more popular than they would have been in WWE, but I do believe that it was a good decision for them to have made because now they can express their creative freedom and that's pretty much what wrestling is. It is an art. And if you can get that art out there, now people see it. That's all that really matters to the guys themselves. Certainly, the paychecks are pretty nice these days, but of course, they enjoy the art of it just as much as they do the actual money. The fact that SummerSlam is in fact today makes it a very interesting scenario considering that I would want to talk to you about some of the events that I actually personally attended. And the biggest one happens to have been a SummerSlam. I previously mentioned I went to a Monday Night Raw in 2018, but that also wasn't the only Monday Night Raw I went to. I've probably been to another two or three over the years. I've also been to a few house shows, which are just shows that they have where they're untelevised, and they put on a really good show in those opportunities if you get to go see one. Unfortunately, with the pandemic the way it had been, and the way the business was more focused on TV, there certainly was house show opportunities, but not quite as many as there were back when I was originally a fan in my teens, there was a lot more opportunities, they went to a lot of more different venues, and you got to see a lot more creativity out of the guys that you wouldn't have seen during the night in, say, a Monday Night Raw or some other pay-per-view. They get a chance to work on things and perfect their craft, and that's really what makes those shows so important. And that's why I'm extremely happy that I was able to watch some of those matches while those guys were getting things together and putting on the shows that they ended up doing in front of the pay-per-view audiences that had millions of people watching them. On those shows, I got to see some interesting people that... I've always thought would have been really cool to have seen, and I was fortunate enough to actually get to see them. And one of the matches that I thought was an interesting one, and that I was able to see at one of those house shows in, I believe it was, was in the mid-90s, I actually got to watch Bret the Hitman Hart wrestle Yokozuna. That was pretty cool one of the most interesting things i would ever seen. I hadn't been able to go see Andre the Giant, and Yokozuna weighed more than Andre, and it was a spectacle to see this giant walk to the ring, and just the people in the entire arena were pretty much awestruck by this guy coming to the ring. Just absolutely massive. And then the, Brett the Hitman Hart, a very technical wrestler, who learned from his father, Stu Hart, in what they called the Dungeon, where a lot of professional wrestlers from Canada and even a few from America were able to train under Stu. And those guys ended up learning so much about the timing, about how to make submissions look great, and how to actually make it look like you are in absolute agony. Unfortunately for those people, when Stu Hart actually was training them, he did in fact apply holds probably a lot snugger than you should, and there are many stories of wrestlers who went into the dungeon and just were tormented by Stu Hart. Also stories of the Hart family talking about when people were down in the dungeon training and Stu was actually putting him in those holds and all you could hear is the screams coming up from the dungeon. Certainly one of the things that would have been interesting to have been around. Although, at one time, I would have liked to have been a pro wrestler. I did meet somebody when I was in college who was actually trying to do so. He made a pursuit of it. He, um... Worked for a small promotion, and he had trained for a couple of years by the time I met him. He was in his early 20s, just like I was, and he was making some trips to North Carolina and throughout New Jersey and a couple of spaces up and down on the 95 corridor, making um, money here and there, and he did decent work. Certainly, he also was a radio major. So, between being a radio major and a wrestler, he had his hands full. Certainly would have liked to have seen him in one of his shows, but I never got the opportunity as my college career sort of fizzled out at that time, just as I was getting really into it. Had things turned out a differently, who knows? I might have actually tried to have gone and seen what his wrestling school was about, and maybe I'd have been on the road with him in the ring myself, who knows, that's just the way life turned out for me at the moment, but certainly the idea that some of the shows that I went to, particularly SummerSlam, which is today I had a very special SummerSlam that I was able to go to I don't know if you could necessarily say that it was a good SummerSlam, or if you could say it was a great SummerSlam, there's also another word you could use for it, and that would be perhaps a dark SummerSlam. The SummerSlam that I ended up going to, the only of the big four events, was the SummerSlam of 97. And yes, I keep saying SummerSlam a lot because it just rolls off the tongue well. But SummerSlam 97 had a match that was so good that the only reason that we actually went there was for this particular match. And no, it wasn't the main event. The match that we went to go see was the Intercontinental Championship match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and the brother of Brett, the Hitman Hart. Owen Hart. This match was absolutely... It was great. Every part of it was amazing. It could easily have been one of the greatest matches of all time. Instead, it probably turned out to be one of the most infamous matches of all time. Because just as Stone Cold Steve Austin was starting his meteoric rise up the ranks of professional wrestling in that particular match, in just a blink of an eye, everything completely changed. He ended up having a nightmare scenario. Here you are at the door of immortality. You open it up and then it gets slammed right in your face again. Wow, I couldn't imagine what was going through his mind when he and Owen did a pile driver and it turned out that Owen dropped Stone Cold directly on his head. Now this particular move could have been executed a different way and it was not executed well at all unfortunately. They had discussed this particular spot in the match and unfortunately it didn't work the way that Stone Cold was hoping for. To do this particular pile driver, this particular tombstone pile driver, you could do it in one of two ways. One way that the Undertaker himself used to do all the time where he would drop to his knees and admittedly suspending disbelief. You can actually see where there's probably three or four inches between the ground and the guy's head. But at least you know he's going to be okay at the end of the day. The other way is to drop to your butt. Now, when you drop to your butt, there's a risk that if you're not careful, you could actually drive your opponent's head directly into the ground, putting all of his weight directly on his neck. And unfortunately, in that particular match, that's exactly what happened. I'll never forget it as long as I live. The spot was about to come up. Austin is in the position to be given this tombstone pile driver. And then, bang. Everybody hears the most god-awful sound. And that sound is literally his head hitting the ground. Instantly, everybody in the audience knew. That ain't right. (laughs) Something went wrong he's probably paralyzed. Fortunately for us, as a wrestling community, he wasn't paralyzed. Unfortunately, he did in fact do some serious damage to his neck, which ended up shortening his career drastically. Because that injury, he had to have surgery for it, had to fix his broken neck, and it shortened his career horribly. The man ended up retiring at the age of 38. And certainly, this day and age, you look at some of the professional wrestlers I already mentioned. AJ Styles, that guy, he's my age. He's 43, and he's still going. That's a good five years longer than Austin ever had. And the question we all wonder is, what could it have been? We have gotten a couple of dream matches out of Austin that we wouldn't be able to get in real life now. Thinking about it, would Austin's neck have been able had not been broken, would he have gotten that match with Hulk Hogan? Could you imagine? Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Main event of WrestleMania. That's a drop-the-mic moment for professional wrestling. You could just shut all the doors, close all the venues. We don't need to see any other matches. That's the one. Granted, it's not going to be the best technical match in the world, but because of the way that those guys are so popular, had that match ever happened, the roof would have blown off no matter who would have won. And, unfortunately, that's probably another reason why they never had the match, because with two iconic wrestlers like that, who wins? Who wins? Answer? Not Austin, not Hogan, but everybody watching. We all would win. Who knows? Maybe Austin might have even gotten in the ring with Sting. Would have been an interesting match. Could you imagine, in the age of the triple threat match, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan versus Sting, or even a fatal four, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan versus Sting versus The Undertaker? I'd buy a ticket for that one in a heartbeat. Wouldn't even think twice. Granted, as entertained as I would be by that possible dream match scenario, there are a lot of other matches that are going on today in modern times that are good. Are they as good as the ones that happened in the past? That is completely debatable. I'll be the first to say that I've seen some matches that over the last five years that, in my opinion, wouldn't hold a candle to some of the matches that I've seen up in the past. I have a whole list of ten matches that I think are probably, to this day, the best matches of all time. But I'm not going to give you all ten. I'm only going to give you my favorite ten, and I'll leave the rest online, Facebook, something like that, for people to watch the rest of my list, but without a doubt, these 10 matches, I think, are so good that I can't even really order them. I will refuse to order them, because I think that they're all unique in their own ways, and they're all special in their own ways, and... I don't believe that you could actually count one as better than the other, although it's possible that somebody may prefer one better than the other. I can honestly say that in that grouping of 10 matches, there's no doubt in my mind that I actually have a couple of things that are pretty much universal. A lot of those matches have very similar opponents. A lot of guys make my list, and that's why I can't possibly rank them in an order, because the order would simply be mine, because it's really a preference that I have, that these matches are as I would believe to be the greatest of all time. Without a doubt, the fact that I think that these matches are the greatest of all time, and the fact that a lot of the guys who are in these matches are repeat customers, for example, I have found a couple of the matches just in my top five that have the same people in them, and when you go to the top ten, there's also a sprinkling of those same people as well, so I don't know if it's a personal bias that I think that these particular wrestlers are actually that good, or if it's just they really did perform that well. And put on that kind of show. Without a doubt, the reasons that I have these matches in my top ten are all different. But at the same time, there's an element in each one of these matches that makes them stand out above and beyond all the others. And that's why I figure here on the show, I'm going to give you my top ten And throughout the week, I'm going to throw out one of the, well, not the top ten, the top five. My five favorite matches of all time. And I'm going to sprinkle in the other five throughout the rest of the week before the next show comes up. Because I think that if anybody out there has time and is interested in wrestling and hasn't seen any of these matches, because some of these matches are a little old. For some people. For me, it seems like it was just yesterday, because I'm an old man myself. And of course, the matches that I think are old, there are people who think, man, that just happened yesterday, because they're even older than me, and they've probably seen matches that are even better than the ones that I'm about to mention. But this is what I think. Without question, here they are, in no order of greatness. However, I am ordering them in time, if that makes any sense. I'm going to use the dates that they came out as an order, from the oldest to the more modern, and that way, I'll feel that at least I give them some sort of order, even though if I was to pick, they may not necessarily be in that particular order, in order to make them the best matches I've ever seen. Here they come. If you have a pen or pencil, you can write it down. If not, the time code for this particular segment is 29 minutes and 15 seconds. And you'll be able to actually be able to go back to this point and see these matches that I'm about to tell you. And I recommend strongly that you should watch these matches because they all tell a story. A struggle and the outcome of their struggle is unfolded at the end of the match, and you just feel that the person who won each one of these matches was the person who needed the win, and you feel good about it. And at the end of the day, even if the other guy had won because the way the match had gone, you'd be just as satisfied. The oldest match that I have found. Is Starcade 83 Ric Flair vs Harley Race for the NWA Championship? Starcade 83 Ric Flair vs Harley Race, NWA Championship. Next, Starcade 85 Tully Blanchard vs Magnum TA for the United States Championship. Now, I forgot to mention that Ric Flair and Harley Race is inside a steel cage, and that's important because in Starcade 85 Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA is also inside a steel cage, and it has a stipulation of, I quit. Not like the stipulations that you hear before in other I quit matches. The guy physically has to hold the mic up to his opponent, and the guy has to say it. It's just incredible. The way that match ends, my goodness, it's worth watching that match. Whew. Number three. One that's widely regarded as maybe the best match of all time, and it's clearly in that category. WrestleMania 3 Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man Andy Savage for the Intercontinental Championship. Probably, without a doubt, one that everybody considers one of the greatest matches of all time. I enjoy it thoroughly. Next. 1991 had two matches that I thought were on that level. Above and beyond. Um, not everybody may have been as familiar with one of the combatants, but trust me, if you go back and watch... Some of this guy's footage from Japan, you'll be impressed because he's an amazing wrestler with tremendous talent, and the only person that he could have been in the ring with to pull this match off and make it as good as it was was the man that he was in there with. This is the second of a series that they had. They wrestled each other in Japan. And this is Super Bowl ninety one. Ric Flair versus Tatsuma Fujinami for the World Heavyweight Championship. Absolutely worth a watch. No doubt about it. And the final match, again, like I said, not in any particular order. SummerSlam of that same year, 1991. Breath the Hitman heart stepping into the ring against Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental Championship. That match holds up without doubt. In my opinion, it's one of the best of all time. And people may not think that same way, but you couldn't tell me that it isn't one of the best matches of all time. And if you ask people who like both Brett the Hitman Hart and Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. What was one of their favorite matches to watch from either of those two? And almost certainly they're going to bring up this one. It's that kind of match with that kind of ending. Just an incredible performance by both of those gentlemen. And once again, I said it in no particular order except for the years that they came out. And I'll go over them one more time. And I can't recommend it enough for you to take a few minutes during your week or month or year, whatever it is. Just I think that if you're a fan of wrestling and you haven't seen these five matches, it's worth going out of your way to do it. Once again, Starrcade 83, Ric Flair versus Harley Race, NWA Championship inside the steel cage. Starcade 85 Tully Blanchard vs Magnum TA for the United States Championship in an I Quit match. WrestleMania 3 Ricky the Dragon Steamboat vs Macho Man Randy Savage for the Intercontinental Championship. Super Brawl 91 Ric Flair vs Tatsuma Fujinami for the World Heavyweight Championship. And last but not least. Bret the Hitman Hart versus Mr. Perfect in SummerSlam 91 for the Intercontinental Championship. Absolutely legendary matches. And on that note, I'm going to ring the bell, and that's the end of the main event. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, it's time for the Spear of the Week. I know how I said I was going to trickle out my other five matches that I thought were the best of all time from my perspective, but it turns out that this particular match in WrestleMania 17 is my Spear of the Week in the spirit of the fact that the topic is in fact about wrestling, so I might as well make it an actual wrestling spear. Turns out that Edge decided in his TLC match against the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys He made the decision to climb up the ladder when Jeff Hardy was holding the belts when he was trying to go and take him down and win the match. And Edge was on a ladder on the other side and speared Jeff Hardy from the ladder 12 feet in the air. That is without question in the spirit of the wrestling topic, my spear of the week. Okay, time for me to smarten up my audience. Yes, all the Marks who are listening to me now, I need you to be smart, Marks. I'm going to tell you, in the spirit of the episode, Professional Wrestling, I'm going to let you know what's going on. Turns out that I had planned on doing the episode on bad service this week, but in lieu of the fact that SummerSlam is actually today It didn't make any sense for me to not do the wrestling topic today It just sort of fell right into my hands So I had to go ahead and do it Much like the episode my daughter Her birthday fell right on the day that I was going to release the episode So it didn't make any sense for me not to release that episode on that day too So you will, in fact, get to see Bad Service. Well, hear Bad Service. Well, most of you have actually seen Bad Service. It'll be in a week or two. But the next episode that you will hear after this one will, in fact, be story time. One more time. Third volume. Third chapter. I like the stories in this one. And I've decided, without a doubt, again, to smarten you, have everybody, up. To what's going on in the business. Behind the curtain of the lip. I think that the story is actually going to be a segment that I'm going to do every couple weeks. Got plenty of stories. Got plenty of time. I figure the least I can do is let some of those go out there. Now. Twitter time. Pissed Phil. Two L's. That's where you can find me. My Instagram 5102 Philip Henderson. I'm always leaving pictures, I'm always putting my show out there. That's the only thing that I use Instagram for is my show content. So go ahead, have a look. I don't want to be making all these collages for nothing, huh? Turns out that I'm having a blast doing this. And I hope that you're enjoying listening to it. And for now, I do believe that we're going to part ways. But that doesn't mean we won't be talking later. My name is Phil. Oh, wait a minute. I can't end yet. Because there is something that you need to know before you go. I can never make this mistake. My goodness. I absolutely almost blew a spot right there. Good grief it's a false finish i need to kick out good grief That was pretty close Two count two and a half just got my shoulder up good lord i was locked in the submission hold and just made it to the ropes in order to break it unreal there's no doubt about it there's plenty of times when i give the words of wisdom to everybody And they pertain to other scenarios and other situations. But without a doubt, these words of wisdom apply to me. Hopefully, they don't apply to you. But without question, they apply to me. The way that this show has gone, my goodness. And this is one of my favorite subjects. My lord, my lord, my lord. Before I tap out, which I almost did, I didn't give you the words of wisdom. Here they are. And more so, I need to pay attention to them. Because at the moment, just so happens that I am as sharp as a deflated beach ball. Just look at the way that I've been handling myself today. Unbelievable. Without a doubt, as sharp as a deflated beach ball. That's exactly where I'm at. Okay, let's try this again. That is the end. The bell has in fact rung, and my hand is being raised. This is the end. We all win. This is The Lip. I am Phil. See you next time.